Hello, lovely listener. It's Celia, host of Love Waits for You. Today's Tuesday, February 27th, 6.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. About to pop open my seltzer water. It's actually very delicious. It's a strawberry watermelon by a brand called Polar. All right. So, my family and I, we just finished, well... I finished having dinner. Preston finished having dinner. Dane has had to take a work call. So he's going to eat when he gets off. But um, I'm going to start today's episode reading from Drawing a Card, an Oracle card. It was kind of odd a few weeks ago. I literally got the same card for three weeks straight when I drew. And then I was like, I am not drawing anymore because it was kind of depressing it was like saying there was some kind of impending doom but it was okay it was gonna make me stronger and I was like what in the world like like I don't I don't want that um but that's past I think it was I you know like I believe that your God can speak to you through visions dreams some people have experienced it audibly I have not I kind of think, I guess because I haven't experienced, I'm like, that's the craziest out of all of it. Um, But I've been, like, there was that time where, oh, you know, that one time where I was in that abusive relationship and he had hit me twice with the door and then I was in the shower and he would leave, he, he like forcefully put me in the shower to clean my mess, which was all the blood. And, um, he had stepped out to like mess with his cell phone and, um, I remember looking down at the drain being like, okay, this is how it's going to end. I'm like about to die. Cause he's not calming down or being like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake, you know, and he's completely wasted, which is when his demon monster would come out. Um, and, uh, that's what I kind of call it. Like even my husband, like, I was like, you have a demon monster whenever he gets, whenever he gets pushed his limit in, like, it's like the yelling or whatever like I don't like yelling like there, there is no reason anyone should ever yell and if you do and you do that then um I think you have a demon monster like because I just I personally like don't um but everybody's got their flaws I am far from perfect and um but anyway so and I've even said that in front of his mom before I referred to his, his demon monster and I'm, I think I have a feeling she's seen it, um, like when he was a child <laughs> and I have a feeling one of our children has the same one. Cause whenever he gets angry, it's very angry and it's my most happy go lucky child. But when he gets mad, it's kind of scary. But, um, so I remember I was looking down the drain. I'm like, I'm about to like die. And of course I'm crying and it's a lot where my, I'm, I'm not joking about it now, but like, I've processed, like, truly, like, processed all that pain. There's nothing that still comes up, any grief in regards to that. You know, that was, I'm 38 now, and that was whenever I was, I just turned 21 whenever that happened, and um, married him for when I was 20. I had just turned 21, and I, the start to finish the whole relationship was only eight months. I mean, start from the time I met him, three weeks later we were married. And then I had an annulment, like, while he was in jail 
they granted me that. So technically I don't ever have to like answer like, yes, I've been married. And you guys that have listened since the beginning, you have heard this before, but, um, the thing is like people are going to miss weeks. So I'm not going to try to keep track of what I've said or not said. I'm just going to just talk. So anyway, and you might've forgotten by now, or how could you forget? (laughs) But in my heart, I heard go now. Like those words that was said. Now I didn't hear it audibly. It was just like a go now. Like now's your time. Go now. And I left the water running. I got out, put a towel on and creeped out and like saw he was messing with his cell phone on the balcony. So I tiptoed to the, like, I guess you could say the little dining room where I was covered by, there was like two openings. It's like a, think a picture a square and like one edge and another that connect in the square are closed off. And I kind of stood in that corner, but peeked over to like, wait till he started walking to catch on, to check on me in the bathroom. And then that's whenever, you know, in my book, I say I ran to my freedom and it sounds like, Oh, it's so dramatic. No, like legit. I ran to my freedom and, um, opened the door and like, cause he eventually ran after me after he realized I wasn't in there, but he was on pro, he was on house arrest. Like he had an ankle bracelet and, um, so he could, <laughs> he didn't have an ankle bracelet when I met him, just for the record. He was on probation, though. He was on, like, intensive probation where the guy would visit him every night or whatever. But, um, he ran to a certain point after me, so he didn't ever catch up to me. And, like, anyway, I saw this little kid who got me with the neighbors. And, you know, what's so awful and embarrassing about that is that, they helped me. They gave me clothes, like their clothes to put on because I didn't have any clothes. And, you know, they called the, you know, ambulance or whatever. And, uh, they, um, they saw me get back with him. Like four days later, I left and didn't come back. And four days later, they saw us together. And I can just, I feel for people that love people love someone that's like going back to addiction, whether it's a relationship or a drug. And it's like, you've helped them. You've put your effort and energy into like trying to help them like out of this situation. And then they go back and it's so frustrating. I would think it's so hard to see or watch, um, that unfold, but it's like, you know, all I can say is They might be me one day. They might get out of it. So just be careful how you treat people when they're in their darkest hour and they're not doing what you think they should be doing because um, you don't know what it feels like to be them. Like I had this like it was so empty. I mean, because you got to think like whenever I had met that guy, I had been clean for like, you know, I hadn't done the hard drugs Um, since I was like 19, so it'd been like a whole year, but I was still doing drugs and I was still drinking and I might've actually, I consider the addiction being broken whenever I was 19 because that's whenever I started taking medication, I started like getting help, but there was still times like where I would do it. So I really want to say till I probably, I was 20 that I, I was an addict, I was an addict from 18 to 20. I tried it for the first time when I was 17 and didn't do it again for six months till I was, till my 18th birthday did it to kind of be rebellious against the boyfriend at the time who I talked about a couple weeks ago and accidentally said their name. Um, I was like Googling the next day, like 
do you go to, can you like get in trouble if it's like the truth whenever you say people's names and stuff? Cause in my books, I never, I like made up a name for him. And, uh, but no, like if it's the truth, then, and you have people that have witnessed it and stuff like that, then, you know, even if they tried to like get you for that, they would not defamation of character or whatever. They wouldn't win. But apparently that can be like, it can be that. Like, if I was lying and making this up and somebody was, like, bold enough. Well, okay. So, they'd have to be bold enough um, to say something about it. But, it, like, if it wasn't true and somebody would be bold enough. Because if it's not true, you better be bold enough and, like, defend your name. Um, it doesn't even... I don't even have to say their names. As long as it's, like, there's grounds to believe that um, it'd be easy to figure out who it was. Um, then that would be the case but I think it's just I don't want to say hilarious but I wish someone would <laughs> like little Celia wishes you would like all like my husband joked you know when I first started the podcast it's like all these people are going to start going to jail I'm like what happened so you started a podcast <laughs> like started telling about everybody that like you know messed her up but anyway so I believe God can speak to you. And so I believe that, you know, um, I know people like do tarot and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't, you know, necessarily fool with that. I don't really. And the thing is, I don't want to know the future. That's the thing is like, it's kind of fun to not know the future, even if I could. And, um, but these like little cards, it's just kind of like my intuition, God, I can pull it and it can kind of, you know, I believe, um, maybe it's a, Maybe you could say it's a coincidence or maybe you could say it is divine, whatever, but I'm going to pull something that hopefully will speak to me and one of you listening or all of you listening. Maybe it's all of us, my little soul family here. And so I've been shuffling them and, um, let's see what I've got. Invention, creativity guides, it says. And I think I've shared with you guys that, you know, like Gabby Bernstein, she's got her spirit guides. A lot of these spiritual leaders have their spirit spirit guides. I don't have a spirit guide. Um, well, I don't have any spirit guides, but I do consider that I do believe that I like met Jesus one time, like twice, I think. I think when my grandmother first told me about him and I was like touched with the Holy Spirit or, you know, Jesus, whatever, however you want to look at it or call it or whatever. Um, like the emotion that came over me in my heart that was just like kind of broke for this and like, and broke and, but also like was so inspired and was like, it makes me emotional to think about it now. And this isn't grief. This is just like, wow. Like somebody would like really care about other people to sacrifice their life for them. And I think that why I've had to go back and share um, whenever knowing it could alter people's opinion of me, knowing it could put me in a position to never actually win a pageant, like like a, a national or international pageant, like yeah, state, whatever, but um, not that that's nothing, but knowing that it could basically stain me to old school 
people, people I don't need to worry about, small-minded people, basically. But still, like, as a recovering people-pleaser perfectionist, like, knowing it could do all those things, like, no, I'm not being nailed on a cross, but it's like, well, if that person loved other people enough to do that, like, it's not so crazy, um, That I would love other people that I don't even know, don't even hug, haven't even met, but just like humanity, souls, um, enough to like want to set my ego, maybe <laughs> just do what it takes to hopefully help set another person free and unburden them. So it's like, as a little girl, when I heard that, I was very inspired because I've always cared about other people. And then whenever you experience a lot of trauma, um, you're even like more empathetic because you've actually been there. Because <laughs> there's sometimes like that I... I have a hard time, like, I'm compassionate, and I, like, don't want anybody to be in pain, but sometimes, like, you know, when there are very few things that I haven't experienced, like, for instance, infertility and losing a child, I, thank God, haven't experienced that, so I feel like I'm less gifted in helping others heal through that because I actually don't know what it feels like. I can be empathetic and I can be compassionate, but I can't fully empathize like I can with all the other walks of life who have experienced all the other things that I've gone through. Anyway, so I love Jesus. I love what it represents. That's my spirit guide. <laughs> and uh, anyway, okay, so this says invention creativity guides um adaptation adjustment transformation challenge sometimes life gives you lemons but not to worry your creativity guides are on hand helping you transform your lemons into lemonade no matter who you are or what circumstances you've inherited life is always a blend of both the positive and the negative your creativity guides urge you to be grateful for the pluses of your life and to be creative with the negatives they'll help you use your inventiveness to transform any adverse situation into one for the better so rather than dwell on your lousy childhood <laughs> true though it may, may have been appreciate the courage it developed in you and use it to change the, excuse me, the unsupportive past into a self-reliant present Rather than endure an unfulfilling job, be resourceful and start the business you've dreamed of for years. This is not to deny the pain in your life, but to use it as an incentive to move to higher ground. Allow your creativity guides, creativity guides to serve you. They're not afraid of the lemons you encounter in life. 
gather their juice as fuel to invent much better circumstances and ask them for inspiration and ideas. They have plenty to share. Their message, when you get lemons, make lemonade. All right, so dear Jesus, <laughs> I think that I have truly turned around a lot and um, as far as like reframed it, um, found the inspiration, found the ideas. And I do think my path in um, Christianity, like being a Christ follower or whatever, reading the Bible, I think that that definitely helped me during a season because you know, the verses are like, he'll make all things for good. Like I had to believe that to like keep hanging on another day. And then it's like, I believed it so much that like it was the truth. So there's a lot of biblical principles that I believe. I don't um, believe everything else. <laughs> like, I mean, I, there's a lot that I'm like, okay, this was written by humans that, also talk to Jesus and God, but I know that I'm also someone that has, and I don't necessarily need to be writing chapters in a book that people have to have. Like I say, read my book, but take what resonates and leave the rest. I'm not going to say I'm going to write a divinely inspired book, okay, the Bible or whatever, and then make you all Everyone else have to read that in order to achieve enlightenment or heaven and have to go by it to a T and believe that it's like still applicable today. So that's why I just, I can't get down with the religious programming. Like, you know, maybe if I didn't have my own experiences spiritually um, to know like, hey, like, I'm the, as human as I am, like, I've had that divine encounter, and I don't need to be writing, uh, I mean, I did, I did write the book, and, like, was, like, it was super preachy, but, like, the errors I see now was, like, okay, I should have been wearing more modest clothes. I was wearing the clothes that my mother gave me, and they were professional, as I was working as a saleswoman at her furniture store whenever I was trying to be groomed and then assaulted at barely 15 years old, underdeveloped. Like, I, I didn't have, like, not that that would make it any one or another, but I looked like a girl. I wasn't a 15-year-old that, like, looked like she was 21. Like, I was a child. And not that it would have made it any different. But in the book, me divinely inspired wrote that... You know, I should have, you know, dressed more modestly. Well, to the girls that may have read that, that, <laughs> so you know, the rebranded cover has a note that talks about, hey, you know, in that chapter that you're going to read, I've already, like, I was 37 years old when I realized what it was. Like, my body was finally ready to feel it and grieve it for all that it was because then I had to face, like, that my mom, like, didn't protect me and my mom hired him back and, like, oh, my gosh, all that was just so painful and then now I don't even, like, have a relationship with her because I can't because I, I just, I can forgive her. But that is just, as a mother now, I'm like, there's, your mind is not right if you can't comprehend how, like, damaging that could be. And therefore, I can't, I can't, like, have that in my life, especially if it triggers me so deeply. Um, But, you know, like, I went to the, I knew nothing would come of it. Other than them say something to him. And I knew I was basically just reparenting myself. 
I was doing what it took to help me heal, to help me know like, hey, somebody's got your back. It wasn't just me, my husband. He went with me that day to report him. I was two blocks away from the furniture store. The police station was, like, it's two blocks away. Like, I could see the furniture store where it happened from it. To any of you listening who can just take themselves back if they've experienced the same thing. In no way was it our fault. And the things that happened after whatever that, I mean, that wasn't our fault. The self-hatred, I wasn't defective. I was, what it was is I disassociated because I couldn't process what had happened, like what it all meant. There was no like adult in my life I could talk about these things with. Um, you know, when cuts were found, when, <laughs> the thing is, my mom never noticed them. But, you know, there's just, I didn't have any adults in my life that could, that if they did notice, wouldn't be mad at me for it. And I wouldn't be in trouble over it. And, uh, or be so neglectful that they wouldn't notice at all. But, (sighs) the cutting didn't happen until after that. So when I hear women who are coming out with their things that they've been through, and it's all like based on the self-destructive behavior, because I've faced my trauma and I'm obviously still healing. It's like my heart like goes out to them and I just want them to get to that place where it's no longer about being free from the self-destructive behavior, whether it was the drugs or the cutting or the self-hatred, but like facing what caused that in the first place. Because that is where like deep, deep forgiveness for ourselves. And that's where the shame for it dissipates. Because until you do that, you're always going to feel like it was your fault. And, um, it it wasn't. (laughs) And my TED Talk guy said, I'm no longer ashamed of her, the younger version of myself that was addicted to drugs. I honor her because she kept me here. I did not expect to get emotional tonight. Um, I have really, uh, I was working through... Like, uh, y'all know, I mean, I shared how, you know, things stir emotions up. But, um, I've been down this journey and this road for so long. And there's been parts of me that 
was like this, and I had like $10 I could spend a week on my allowance. Um, there was parts of me that have been healing, and I was just hoping to find another person to like love me one day. There's parts of me that just prayed for children. And like, I literally, like, this is hope to you if you're going through something, just know, like, you can still have all your dreams come true. You can still live such a thriving, beautiful life and heal at the same time. And, um, like, you heard me talk, like, there, this is encouraging to me because I think, okay, certain things that I've been emotional about the past, since I started the podcast, I'm like, I'm still emotional about them. But it's proof that eventually the well really does run dry and that healing really is possible because I have that um, proof in that relationship that I had when I was 20 years old because that was, I suffered like PTSD from that. Um, Like I still have a little bit, like I think that's probably why I'm so sensitive to yelling today. Um, But also like we don't need yelling in our lives, so... I'm kind of glad, like, let me just stay sensitive, because I I just, I've never been good with yelling, it's verbal abuse, like, it's just, that's just what it is, but so is passive-aggressive behavior, and I am the queen of, I'm the queen of that, and I'm working on that, so I'm not sitting here saying, you know, my husband yells, he's abusive, Um, it is a form of abuse, so is passive-aggressive, and I I do that, so, (laughs) but are we toxic? Um, Probably say not, because um, we're raising healthy children, we're being healthy, and we're continuing to keep on growing. Um, I have experienced toxic relationships, but there's no, like, perfect relationship. And as long as two people are open to growth, and God, I'm so thankful, because I know so few humans that can just, like, really, like, face themselves, Like, people can only meet you where they've met themselves, and that's just really annoying. And just so you know, like, I was recording having guests on my podcast, and the reason why I've stopped is because I don't want to have anyone on here again until we can talk like I talk to you guys, till I know that the person has met themselves as deeply as I've met myself, so we can truly have an open conversation and these people are out there I just haven't like met them yet like I don't know them personally um they would like not they would like not open my email if I message the people like that I would like to have on my show um that I would like to us talk about the things I like to talk about right now I'm like they wouldn't even know who I am to even open the email but maybe I should manifest it and try to get them on but, um, really what I would like to share, the people I'm thinking of, is kind of, like, get their take on my experience. That would be fun. To talk to people that are a little bit further along in their spiritual journey. Um, because when it happened to me, I thought I was, like, so special. I was the only one. Literally, thousands of people a day, are, I would think, are getting, becoming spiritually awake basically the lights are getting turned on the veil is becoming lifted I hope that like I'm a part of your process if you haven't in addition to healing I hope you're becoming more and more awake more and more aware um 
that in itself can be painful. There's lots of stuff online um, that you can read about that. But you're like, man, I would much rather know the truth than be ignorant. Ignorance is bliss. It was a lot easier. But, you know, over, like, if you experience it, then overall, you're thankful for it. So, um, anyway, that's enough for this week. Love you guys. Thanks for listening, as always. And I guess the title of this week is um, Max Out Your Life. Heal, wake up, pursue everything you want. You can do that as you heal and become more yourself. You can have everything that you want and heal at the same time. You will not be happy ever if you don't. Like truly happy. Not looking for the next thing to like make you happy if you're not on a healing journey. If you've been traumatized. If you haven't been traumatized, like you don't have to be on a healing journey. But 70% of adults, according to the nationalcouncil.org, have experienced trauma. And that's 70% of the adults that have admitted to it. So, um, we're speaking to the majority. And if you haven't, you will someday, unfortunately. It's not fun. But I'm sure you're smarter than I was as a child. And um, you don't run from it. But here again, it's not that I wasn't smart. I was actually very smart. Because... I couldn't have handled it. Like I would have had to have left here. And I felt when I was doing the things I was doing, I actually felt smart. I've always wanted to feel smart. I've always like, you know, teacher's pet, made the best grades. And whenever I was into drugs, I was proud of myself because I found a way out of the pain. And um, so I take that back. Um, the thing is, it's different when you're a child and when you're an adult and when you're an adult and you do it, it's not smart. When you're a kid, you're like, (laughs) you're just protecting your nervous system. Who knows? Maybe when you're an adult and you experience, I haven't really experienced deep trauma since I've been an adult ever. I mean, cause I don't feel like I was, I didn't feel like an adult at 20. I felt like a kid still, but maybe it's the same. It just doesn't look, it definitely doesn't, you know what? It doesn't look smart if you're young or you're older. Neither way is it smart. But if you're still here and you went through what I did and you were an adult, you can forgive yourself too. And you can honor that part of you that tried to protect you and kept you here by encouraging you and driving you to numb out. So, because the alternative would have, it could have taken you over the grief, the pain, whatever it was for you. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next week.